You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right. Well, Father, I thank you for yet another broadcast. And I thank you for all that you are drawing to this message today. I thank you that it is a word in due season. I thank you that as I'm speaking today, Holy Spirit, you are going to be doing the teaching. And I just declare right now that our eyes are enlightened, Father. We know the hope of our calling and our ears are open to hear what you want to speak to us today. I thank you that our hearts are uh, fertile ground to receive the seeds of the word of God. And I thank you that there's going to be much fruit coming from this teaching today, Lord. I thank you that uh, you have uh, elevation and promotion and victory in mind for all of us, Lord. You said that you always cause us to triumph and that we have the victory of Jesus in every situation. Uh, you, We are more than conquerors. And so, Father, I just declare that as people listen today, there is strategy that's being downloaded. I thank you that minds are being renewed. I thank you for signs and wonders that are following this word today, Lord. I thank you for healed bodies. I thank you for healed hearts. I thank you for... Uh, using this message, Father, to catapult people into position and to realign them with your agenda and with what heaven is doing in their lives. I thank you that angels are going forth to minister to people today, Lord, even as we preach, even as we do this together. So I just release what you want to do today, Lord. I release your agenda and I thank you that every other agenda is canceled. I cancel the plans of men. I cancel the plans of the enemy. And I just declare right now that this broadcast is fulfilling what you have sent it to do today in the hearts and the minds of people. And I thank you for all of the testimonies that will come forth as a result of it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, awesome, you guys. We have been talking about a very powerful topic. Uh, It's called Walking in the Spirit. And today we're going to do, we're going to jump into part three of this series. And we've we've covered some ground, most definitely, in this this series. Uh, In part one of the series, we talked about really just some fundamentals. We talked about the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about uh, how growing up in the Spirit and discerning uh, what it means to be righteous and what it means to walk in the Spirit is really required if we are going to uh, live victorious lives. And so today I want to kind of maybe just keep going down the path that we've already been on with this topic. And I really want to talk about something that I feel like, number one, has changed my life. Number two, it has changed the lives of people that I've been teaching this to and mentoring and discipling over the years. And I just wanted to share that with you. I actually woke up this morning just with a confirmation in my spirit about that of where, where God wanted to take us. And so the topic is walking in the spirit, but I want to talk about the importance of aligning ourselves with the way the spirit works. Okay. If we are going to walk in the spirit, then we need to understand how Holy Spirit works in our lives and how Holy Spirit brings the will of God to pass in the earth. And if you're going to, if you're going to talk about this subject, then we also need to talk about the power of our words. You know, in my own life, I, I had not been taught really how to walk with the Holy Spirit. I didn't have a necessarily a relationship with the Holy Spirit really until my 30s, over 20 years ago. Even though I had been a Christian, you know, and prayed the sinner's prayer when I was 10 years old. But what I started to tap into in my 30s was 
absolutely transformed my life. And it is something that I've been practicing for the last, you know, 20 plus years. And I can tell you at the end of every single year, the amount of transformation that I experience in 12 months is so incredible. In fact, people will say, oh my gosh, Shalice, you're so different. You've changed so much. And the truth is, is that that's not the case for all believers. That's not the case for all Christians. And sometimes people can, you know, be in a relationship with God or, you know, say that they're a Christian or, or, you know, a follower of Jesus for decades and things just kind of stay the same for them. Meaning that they're not coming into going from faith to faith and glory to glory and seeing more miraculous and more, more of the miraculous and more supernatural things coming to pass in their life year after year after year. It's kind of like they get stuck in the same old place and they never move beyond that. And I can tell you, I understand what it's like to be stuck. In my 30s, when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit and I first started uh, catching hold of the principles that I'm be sharing today, I had never been taught a single sermon <clears throat> on the new creation. I had never been taught a single lesson on what it, what the righteousness of God in Christ was. I'd never been taught a single lesson on that I had a completely, uh, you know, my true identity in Christ, that I had a completely brand new identity that lived in union with Jesus uh, now that I had been born again. I, I, I had been taught that I had a dual nature, that I was always going to be a sinner and that a sin nature and, and righteous nature were, were both like it was like a battle and that the flesh was the real me and the spirit was just outside of me or something that I was trying to follow that was God, but it wasn't me. It wasn't in me. And so I just never had real hope for victory. And at the time, you guys, I mean, I was dealing with all kinds of problems in my life. I had financial problems. I owed the IRS a ton of money. I had um, big financial problems. I was in the middle of redoing a, a condo at the time and I'd run out of money. I mean, there was really big financial problems, very, a lot of financial stress in my life. I had um, emotional issues and mental issues. I had been dealing with anxiety and depression and actually had just gotten a diagnosis from my therapist that, that it looked like that I had bipolar. Um, and so that's a pretty significant thing. And there's so much stigma around that diagnosis, by the way. And there's, you know, so that was going on in my life. I had just major bondage in my life. I had certain things that were happening in my life that I just couldn't seem to get out of. I just couldn't seem to break these sin habits, these things that were happening in my life. And so when I really started to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and I began to actually be able to hear his voice. You guys have heard me say it, you know, on different podcasts and stuff that, um, that, you know, he told me the first thing I heard him say was that you had more problems than a math book, you know, and he's, it, which was hilarious, I guess at the time, but maybe not for me who had all the problems, but he seemed to think it was kind of funny. And he just told me, he said, you can't solve them all at once, but I'm going to walk you through this step by step. And we're going to do this together. And so one of the very first things that the Holy Spirit taught me was the power of my words. And up until that point, I had never, ever, ever thought that my words were creative or that I had a had been playing a part in the bondage that I was experiencing, not just because of my behavior in my choices, but also because of the way that I talked in the way that I thought. And I thought and talked about myself 
in a way that was absolutely not in alignment with who I was in Christ. In fact, you would hear me saying all the time, almost like it was a joke, man, I'm so crazy. I'm just so crazy. I kind of had this, I wore this like identity of being wild and crazy. I mean, not <laughs> made me think of that SNL skit, <laughs> wild and crazy guys, right? But not those wild and crazy guys, but I was, I mean, I was a big partier. I, I worked hard. I played hard. And man, I, I taught, I almost like wore it like a badge. Like, man, I'm the wild, I'm so crazy. And people would say, you're the wildest person we've ever met. And so it was like this kind of like being wild and crazy was an identity that I had adopted. I mean, I even had friends that would say, they called me Waffle House crazy because we would be out late at night in the Waffle House or whatever. And I don't know why they, the, I don't know, but they're always crazy people at the Waffle House, I guess, at late night. And so it was just this, you know, badge almost that I adopted. And so the Holy Spirit started to talk to me about my thought life. And he started to let me know that I needed to start speaking about myself the same way that he spoke about me. And, you know, if you look at, at, at the example of Abraham, for example, you know, Abraham had, was, was well beyond childbearing age, but yet God called him the father of a nation. And, you know, Abraham had a desire for an heir, but yet he, in the natural, was past, you know, the the limit, the age limit of when that could happen for him. But it didn't matter to God. God said, you know what? You are who I say you are. And then he proceeded to teach Abraham how to align his self-image with his words and with the way that he saw himself. And why am I sharing this in this walking by the Spirit teaching because one of the things that's going to happen as you start to be led by the spirit is you have to get a revelation of the power of your words and you have to understand that walking in the spirit is first and foremost a thought process and it's also a way of speaking i'm going to unpack that a little bit more today but in my own testimony what i'm sharing today is that god had to get my words realigned and get my self-image realigned with the way that he was thinking about me and the way that he was speaking about me. And it was the Holy Spirit's job to communicate that to me. And so the Holy Spirit started to teach me, just like just like with Abraham, that I needed to change my self-image and I needed to see what God said for myself and I needed to say what God said for myself. And you know the story of Abraham, right? I mean, God took him out and showed him the stars in the sky and showed him the 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 sea on and the sand on the seashore and said, you know, just gave him a mental picture that this is how many descendants you're going to have. And then he changed his name from Abram to Abraham so that every time Abraham introduced himself, he was introducing himself as how God called him father of a nation. And so even his name needed to be changed so that he could come into agreement with who God created him to be. And so in my own life, I started to learn what it meant to be a new creation. I started, and I talked about this in the last podcast, and I talked about that, those identity scriptures that I began to speak over myself day in the morning and at night. But here's the deal. I got a hold of one scripture that said, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind, right? I got a hold of that one scripture and I began to speak it over myself. I began to speak it over the diagnosis that I had over my mind. And I started to come out of agreement that I had mental illness, that I had anxiety, that I had depression. And I know this is a controversial message. 
I have been in the realm of mental health for over 20 years, working through people with working with people that have all kinds of diagnoses from the doctor, whether those are physical diagnoses, whether those are, are emotional and mental diagnoses. I understand that these are serious issues. I personally experienced it myself. But I will say this this morning, I even had this 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 thought in this passing thought that one of the things that doesn't happen in talk therapy, because I was in it for years, many times what doesn't happen in traditional mental health uh, uh, counseling or mental health treatment is that people aren't taught the power of their words. They aren't taught the power of the tongue. And so I want to just go into a scripture today that that totally set me free. Yes, the scripture um, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind was transformative to me. And it ended up coming to pass in my life as I got a revelation of it and began to speak it over myself. But before that, I had to get a revelation of the power of our words and the power of the tongue. And so I want to take you guys to James today. And I want to take you to James chapter three. Um, and so let me pull this up in um, my Bible here. And I want to tell, tell you or show you what the what the Bible says or what scripture says about the tongue. Okay. In James chapter three, let me just begin reading. I'm reading in the, um, I'm just going to read it in the NIV to start. I just want something really simple and then we'll go from here. But here's what it says. It's not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach <clears throat> will be judged more strictly. Okay. That's James 3.1. Verse two, it says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. Verse three, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Verse five, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what, consider what a great forest is set on fire by such a small spark. The tongue is also a fire. Okay, let me just stop there for a moment. Meaning the tongue is like fire. It is incredibly destructive. It can burn, just a spark can destroy an entire forest, okay? And it says here in verse six that a world of evil amongst the parts of the body, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and itself is set on fire by hell. It says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. And with the tongue, we praise our Lord and our Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. And this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring, <clears throat> neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So this, you know, James 1 through 12 is talking about the power of our words and the power of our tongue. And what's so powerful about this, hmm, it's also powerful, is that even in verse um, 2, it says, oh my goodness, my Bible, what is happening here? It says that, 
if we are able to control our tongue, that we can keep our whole body in check. It says if we do not offend in speech, that if we do not have fault in what we say, that we're able to keep our whole body in check. And it compares the tongue to a bridle in a horse's mouth, that you're able to control a horse's body with this, if you can control their mouth. Okay, it talks about that you can turn a ship around just like a rudder on a ship. It's a small thing, but you can turn it even though it's in the fierce winds, even if it's in a storm, the rudder directs the ship. And so what I want to say today, guys, is that I had to get a revelation of the power of words and the power of the words that I had been speaking over myself and the power of the words that were ruminating in my mind and the power of my thoughts. Now, those weren't spoken yet, but guess what? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so you can be guaranteed that the way that we think, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, that out of a good man's treasure, it says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and a, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Well, I want to reframe good and evil in the context of our words, because our words either will make us or they will break us. And when I got a revelation of this and I started to change the way I spoke and I began to speak the scripture, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And I began to agree with the words that God spoke about me. Guess what? God didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me power. He gave me love and he gave me a sound mind. And if you look at that scripture and you really break it out, like in the amplified version, he gave me a calm, well-disciplined, well-balanced mind. The problem was, is that I was saying all kinds of things. And I know, again, if you've never heard this before, you can just receive it with gladness. But I will tell you in the body of Christ, this has actually become a controversial teaching because people just haven't had a revelation of this. And they call it the, you know, name it and claim it, the blab it and grab it crowd. But I just want you to set that aside today and listen to me, because if you don't believe this, okay, it, 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 that is going to determine how it works for you. But the truth is the truth is the truth. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says that we understand that through faith that God framed the world with his words. Okay, in Genesis chapter one, it says that God just continued to speak, right? He said, let there be light and there was light, right? He said, let there be sky, let there be birds, let there be, right? He spoke things into existence. Yes, he worked with his hands. He formed Adam and Eve out of the dust of the ground. So he didn't just speak. There was actions that he took too, but the entire material and spiritual and energetic universe was created by God using words and faith-filled actions. And we have lost at the fall a revelation of this. And what happened is God lost control of our tongue. In fact, that's one of the reasons why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so necessary. Because in that moment, what happens when we begin to spray, spay, not pray, oh my goodness, pray in the Spirit, get my words, getting my words tongue-tied here as I'm teaching about words and tongues. <laughs> but... Um, as they began to speak in other tongues, guess what? The tongue got reconnected to God's spirit. And all of a sudden, God could now speak, speak through a human being again. And the fact that it was an unknown tongue, what do you think that even matters? Why, why do we speak in tongues and we don't even understand it? Why? Because it bypasses our understanding. It bypasses our limitations. It bypasses the seen realm and the, the, the perception and the, the, the fallenness 
that we have been raised in. Because at the fall, what happened is when Adam and Eve, Eve's eyes were opened, guess what? Their spiritual eyes were closed. And now they were five cents ruled by the physical senses. Their five physical senses began to dominate their existence, their way of being. They fell asleep, if you will, to the realm of the spirit. And so now walking in the spirit using their spiritual senses was not how they were being led. They were, they were, they were confined now to their human intellect. They were confined now to their physical senses. And so walking in the spirit is about activating your spiritual senses so that we can talk right. Because when we can talk right, then we can recreate, we can turn the ship around. We can turn, we can control our entire bodies. Okay. So let me say this. Our words have to change. Our thoughts have to change. If we are going to be led by the spirit, we are going to have to let the Holy Spirit infuse our thoughts with the mind of Christ. We're going to have to elevate out of the realm of the flesh, out of the realm of just being a just plain, ordinary, non-supernatural human being and start to realize that there is a whole nother way of operating and that when our words align correctly, when we begin to speak what God is saying and we begin to operate with, with our activated spiritual senses, we can now see the same results that Jesus had in his ministry. We too can curse fig trees that aren't fruitful. We too can silence storms. Uh, we too can speak to sickness and disease. We too can do the same works as Jesus and even greater works. And guys, here's the thing. I grew up in a Southern Baptist background. Okay. Women weren't even allowed to you know, whatever, do anything. You could play, you could play the piano and you could teach Sunday school. Okay. That's the church I grew up in. And I was there every time the door opened. Again, I didn't hear any of these things until my thirties. I didn't understand these spiritual principles. I didn't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I get it. I didn't, I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. I did not speak in tongues. Okay. I get it. I, I didn't, I thought it was weird. I thought it was passed away with the apostles. Like I was taught all of that stuff. So I get it when people come into this and they're like, whoa, I, I don't know about this being and done things. I don't know about this, but here's the deal. This is a revelation that I'm sharing and it changed my life. Okay. Within just a few months of getting this revelation, not only was I completely healed of anxiety and depression. Okay. No more bipolar, no more of that diagnosis, but my money situation completely turned around. Why? Because those that contain the tongue and no man can do it. No human being can do this, but guess what can the Holy spirit contain the tongue. The Holy spirit can get a hold of our mouths and we can speak beyond something that we understand and we can elevate our thinking. And when we control our tongues, we can control our bodies. When our speech, lines up with the truth and God is now speaking through us, which is the role of the prophetic, by the way, the role to get our activated spiritual senses is that we can see what the father is doing and we can say what the father is saying. We can now be led by the spirit. We can be a channel for Holy Spirit's words. We can be a channel for what he's doing in the earth. And this works. How do I know? Because I do it all the time. I do this every day as a way of life. 
Last night in our emerge coaching call, someone there had been to the hospital with heart pains. And I simply walked them through uh, releasing some things, releasing fear, doing, you know, I ministered to them for a few minutes. I don't even really remember what I said or what I did because it wasn't me talking. I was simply yielding to the Holy Spirit, saying what the Holy Spirit was saying, going where the Holy Spirit was going, operating in the word of words of knowledge and gifts of the Spirit. And it was completely resolved right there in, I don't know, two minutes. Two minutes, it was resolved, okay? I've told you story after story on these on these broadcasts, right? About speaking to my washing machine, speaking to a rug. I mean, we, over the years, like guys, I have so many stories about this and it works. It works for those that believe it. It works, it works, it works. And if it doesn't work, okay, then it's not because it's not true. It's not because it's not a principle that is demonstrated all throughout scripture. If it's not working, it's a heart issue. If it's not working, there's something, there's there's something going on internally with you. You're not aligned somewhere internally because here's what I know. Faith is always working. We are always operating in faith for something. Fear is still faith. It's just faith in something that you fear. It's just faith in something that you don't want to happen. It's just believing more in something that you don't want than believing more in what you do want. And so getting this revelation that our tongues are creative and they can turn anything around. And it's so powerful when you put that in the context of what I've been hearing God say this year, that the best is not yet to come. The best is now. But here's the, here's the, the, the question, beloved. What are we speaking? I'll tell you, God's, I'm going to, I'm going to release this in, in, in coming up in February, but God has been speaking to me the, this particular phrase. He says, say what you mean and mean what you say, say what you mean and mean what you say, say what you mean and mean what you say, you know, and use integrity with your words and be disciplined with your tongue. We think discipline is like, you know, having this routine and having great habits and stuff, which I'm not saying that's not discipline. Honestly, discipline is habits. If you create the habit, then you're now disciplined in that habit. And we all are disciplined. We just don't necessarily have the habits that we want. But what you need to do more than anything is we need to discipline our tongue. We need to submit our tongue to the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to share this piece that I of the puzzle here today. So before I do, let me just say this. this I didn't get a hold of this revelation until my 30s. But this revelation, by the way, is one of the reasons why my life becomes so, so unrecognizable every single year. It's also why every year there's fruit and more fruit and more fruit and more fruit. It's, it, these are principles. This is a way that the Holy Spirit operates. He operates through visions. He operates through words. And that is the way he's always operated. He operated that way with, in partnership with the Father. When the Father had a vision to create, Everything in Genesis chapter one, he it, it, he operated that way with the, the, all of the prophetic stuff that happened in the old covenant. And he operated that way when Jesus came through Jesus and he's been operating in the church ever since. Anybody that says that miracles has passed away or the apostles have passed away or that now we have the canonization of scripture. We don't, you know, there's no more miracles. There's no more supernatural. Let me just tell you, that's what they experience, but that doesn't make it true. Just because someone experiences something doesn't make it true. It makes it true for them because that's what they believe and that's what they speak, but it doesn't make it true. And my life, if nothing else, is a testimony to that fact. And so let me share just this scripture with you guys before we go today. I want to read it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And this is a scripture that I probably have meditated on. I'm sure I've taught on it. I probably meditated on this thing for over 20 years and I got a hold of it from my spiritual dad who actually used to, to teach on this and that's the first time I ever heard it. 
And I'm going to read it in the amplified version. And here's what it says. If I can get my Bible to work. Okay. Work Bible. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10 is where we're going in the amplified version. Here's what it says. It says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, recreated in Christ Jesus, born from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works, which he prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Okay, I want to read this in the Amplified Classic version as well, because it just reads a little bit different. And I just want to highlight a few things out of that version. So let me bring it up in the Amplified Classic version. And let's just break this out. Okay, so here's what it says. Uh, we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Okay, so here's what I want to say. When I learned this from my spiritual dad, he was a, he's a very disciplined man. Okay, he, he wakes up every single day. He's a military guy and he wakes up every single day and prays in the spirit for an hour. Okay, I am not condoning. I'm not like saying that that's, you know, required. I'm not trying to, to, to make, you know, put some rule on you because it really wasn't a rule for him. It was a habit. And but the reason he had the habit is that he had a revelation of this scripture and he had a revelation that God had a plan for his life. In fact, he had had that plan laid out since the beginning of time. From the foundation of the world, he had been chosen in Christ. And he understood that there was a purpose for his life and that he was recreated in Christ for good works. And good works are supernatural works, you guys. It's not like just, you know, good deeds that we do. God said on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. And everything that God worked to do to, to create the world is that, he spoke and he took faithful actions and then he rested from that work. It's supernatural work. And we have been given supernatural work. Our purpose is designed to be supernatural. The things that we are here to do are designed to be supernatural. In John 17, when Jesus said, I, you know, at the end of his life that he had glorified the father by finishing every, the work that he had given him to do, guess what? It was a supernatural ministry that he completed. It was a supernatural accomplishment of the things that God had ordained for Jesus to do. And we also have an exact type of purpose and a plan. And so my spiritual dad had a, rev a revelation of this. And so that's why I got up every day and prayed in tongues. And he said that he understood, the, he recognized the power of his words. And that when he prayed in the spirit, he was speaking the plan into existence. He said, it's like a railroad track. And it's like laying the track for what he was going to walk out that day. It was going to be bringing divine coincidences and divine circumstances into his life to ensure that he stayed on the timeline and the path that God had for him. And so I got a hold of that and I started to recognize that there are many paths that we're, that we are, you know, offered up every single day, but God has a particular timeline for us. He has a particular path that we're to walk on. And it says that when we walk on it, he prepared it ahead of time. Like these are, these are ancient paths. This is an ancient, this has been prepared long before you showed up on the planet. 
And it says that when we walk on it, we live the good life that God prearranged and made ready for us to live. We have a prearranged and good life that got a purpose, a destiny, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, right? To give you a hope and a future and an expected end. God has an expected end. And the role, the role of prophecy, right, is to keep us on that. But the role of words is to create it. And so spirit-filled words, walking in the spirit, requires that we say what the spirit is saying. So whether we're saying that through a revelation of what God is saying, or we're speaking in tongues, the point is, is that it's through a, it's a supernatural operation to walk in the spirit and walk on the path that God has for me. And it requires that we get out of our natural mind because guys, I can tell you, you're going to, you're going to come across hindrances to this. There's going to be blocks. There's going to be uh, temptations to not do it. There's going to be, uh, you know, all kinds of, of things that in the natural look like, like, oh, those can't, you know, we can't get around that. But in the spirit, all things are possible. So when we operate in the spirit and we, we begin to tame our tongue and we begin to put God's word in our mouth, we begin to put scripture in our mouth, we begin to put the truth of who we are in Christ in our mouth, we begin to put the revealed words that God is speaking to us through the revelation that he's given us. When we begin to understand that we can have uh, enlightened eyes and that we can have ears that hear and we can begin to flow in the prophetic as a way of life. Meaning that we, our words are not our own. Our words become spirit and life because it's not even us speaking them anymore. Jesus is speaking through us because we are, we, we're one with him. And now we're operating as one. We're abiding in the vine. And now we are speaking spirits. We're not just mere human beings. Our spirit is encased in a body and our spirit is ruling our body. Our tongue is ruling our body. Our thoughts are right because we are meditating on what is right. And we're in, in union with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. He's enlightening our mind. He's given us visions. He's given us imaginations. And we are walking by faith, not by our sight, not by our five physical senses, not by our intellectual uh, fallen you know, programmed mind, but no, we are elevated into the spirit. And now we are speaking words that are filled with the spirit. And the results of those words are that things change, things change, the things in the scene realm change. And it happens every single day. You guys, when I minister with people, sometimes I'm just ministering to them that they need to forgive somebody. Sometimes I'm just walking them through uh, healing of something from their past. And you know what heals it? What heals it is words and visions from God. And so just the, just by saying the words, I forgive, do you know that you open the prison door in your own life? Like that word, I, by an act of my will, choose to forgive. Do you know that it shifts emotional pain? Do you know that it sets you free that the words I forgive do something to you? They do something to your soul. They do something to your emotions. They do something to pain that's been locked up in your body and in your heart, even if it's been for decades. Sometimes it's the hardest words to say, but they are two of the most powerful words that I can you can say. I forgive. I let it go. Why? Because God forgives. We're forgiven. Jesus forgave the entire human race on the cross. So who are we to not forgive? So when we come into agreement with the with the, the forgiveness that's on the cross, guess what we experience? Freedom. Why? What? What? It's just just words that we say. How can how can two words be so powerful? If we have a revelation of forgiveness and the way that it affects us, well, how can other words that we say not affect us? 
right? Here's the thing. Words are how we give meaning to things. Words is how we judge everything. And if we have a wrong judgment, we have wrong words attached to that. I break words and things that people have agreed with off of their lives every single day. And I watch them go from, I mean, sometimes in so much pain, you are like, if you, if you can't work them through it, it like, it's not going to go well. Like it can almost be intimidating or scary to see the amount of pain that someone can be in when you're in the middle of a, of a session with them. But here's the thing, as you walk through that pain and walk them through it with the Holy Spirit and they just begin to speak and say prayers after you, do you know that it breaks off of them completely? Your past can be transformed. Your future can be transformed. Your presence can be transformed all through the power of our words. And we don't even recognize that. Words can curse. Words can cause uh, terrible things in our lives. In fact, all not all emotional pain, but a lot of emotional pain that we have in our lives is because of interactions and words that have been exchanged with people. Yes, it's been circumstances and there's judgments that we've made about it that cause pain too. But guess where those judgments, how those judgments are expressed? They're expressed in words. And so, beloved, I want to give you a prayer today that you can say. You can say it every single day, just like you can forgive every day. Just like you, you have a fresh start every single day. See, that's the beauty of the tongue. It really doesn't matter what your tongue has created up to this point. Okay, maybe you've been like, you know, James, and there's just it's just created all this destruction in your life, just like it did in my life. Maybe it's created destruction in your body. Maybe the fear that you've had because of the way that you've been programmed has called you to speak in ways that have have propagated hopelessness and all kinds of situations in your relationships and with your kids. And I mean, there's just all kinds, maybe there's, you're like me. Maybe there was like more problems than a math book. Maybe the mess was everywhere. Guess what? Bringing your life into order and into alignment with the word of God will happen when your thought life and your mouth life and your tongue and your words get in alignment with God. And anything can be turned around. Anything is possible in any amount of time. Okay, the rudder on the ship can be turned a different direction in an instant, in a moment. Guess what? You can pull on the bridle in the horse's mouth and change directions in any moment. And repentance is something that can happen in any moment. And here's just a simple prayer that you can say. Okay, because the power of the tongue to create is the same power that can destroy. And so we can just destroy the words that we have spoken. We can say, in the name of Jesus, I cancel every word that I've spoken up until this moment in time that is not in alignment with who I am in Christ, that is not in alignment with the gospel, that is not in alignment with who God is and what God says and the truth that that is true. Regardless, eternal, I just cancel those words in the name of Jesus. And right now I just speak life. I speak a complete turnaround. I speak a complete breakthrough. I, I, I speak what I, what should be going on in this situation. I speak an abundance in my finances. I speak health in my body. I speak reconciliation in my relationships. I speak revelation over every aspect of my life. And I declare that light is shining. I declare that light is now. And that I can see and that I am awake and that my mind is uh, controlled by the Holy Spirit and that I am filled with the Spirit and that my words are governed and controlled by the Holy Spirit and I'm yielded to him. I, I operate as one with Jesus and what I say is what Jesus says. Jesus speaks through me all the time. My eyes are enlightened and I see what the Father is doing. I hear the voice of God and I am walking on the path that God preordained for me. I'm living the good life that God prearranged and ready 
ready for me to live. And I am on the Father's agenda and I hear and I obey every single day. Sin has no dominion over me. The past has no dominion over me. Anything and everything that is not like Jesus has no dominion over me. I am a creative force because Jesus lives inside of me. I am led by the Spirit because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And the words that I speak, they are the words that the Father is speaking over me. When I pray and I say, I see and it's so. When I, when I pray, I say, I see, and it's up. And you can begin to flow in that, beloved, and you will watch the seen realm completely transform. And you can forgive yourself for not knowing this. You can forgive others for not knowing this. You can forgive the whole planet for not operating in it and letting our tongues be out of control. Because I can tell you, beloved, that's why the planet has been, it's governed by words. It was created by words and it's governed by words. And whether you believe it or not, it's still a spiritual principle. We are creative by our nature by being created in the image of God. We are, we are creative because, uh, by nature, because God gave dominion to Adam and Eve. And he said, let them have dominion over the, over the, you know, the fowl of the air over everything that God created. He said, let them have dominion. And then he multiplied, you be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and take dominion. Like we have that dominion mandate is still operating in our lives, whether we realize it or not. That's why God said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Because just because you don't know something doesn't mean it's not operating. Just because we don't know the laws of gravity doesn't mean that it's not operating for us or against us, depending on how we relate to it or what our knowledge of it. And so, beloved, this principle, this principle, I mean, there are, there are so many experiments now that have been done on this, right? I mean, they have, they have shown... Um, I mean, you can do this with this little experiment at home. You can, I mean, there's a little kid's experiment where you can take a bowl of rice, two little bowls of rice, curse one and bless one and watch the, watch the rice that you curse shrivel up and die, right? We've heard of talking to plants, right? There's, 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 there are so many things out there that prove the power of our thoughts, the power of our imagination, the power of our hearts and the power of our words. And so if you want to walk in the spirit, this is an area that is absolutely necessary. You've got to give the Holy Spirit control of your tongue. You've got to give the Holy Spirit control of your thoughts. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to know what it means to be a new creation. You've got to understand what it, what the power of our words are. And you've got to come into alignment and you've got to yield. So getting on the path of life that God has for you, getting onto the path that uh lead you to your destiny and to the fulfillment of your purpose means that there's going to have to be an upgrade in your words. There's going to have to be an upgrade in your vision, right? And so with that being said, you know, if you have not yet scheduled your call with my team to talk through our school emerge and get into that and to actually be trained in these things well beyond what I can do on a podcast and begin to be coached and begin to be mentored in these things, begin to be healed and to learn how to walk in the spirit and operate as a son of God and, and get on that path that God has for you and not let anything stop you. Don't, not let, don't let uh, the voice that says, I can't stop you. Don't let the accusation stop you. Don't let money, for goodness sake, don't let it stop you. Because if you don't master it, it will master you. You will either have money as your God or you will be the God of money. And having your words right about your money is one of the biggest transformations that you will discover in your life. Because money follows our words. Money follows our thoughts. There is a money mindset. Poverty is a mindset. Wealth is a mindset. And words are one of the biggest ways that you can turn away your financial life, 
heck, your your physical life, everything that God created is speech activated. And if you guys go back into James 3 this week and really read that, when it says that if you can control your tongue, you can control your body. If you can tame your tongue, you can, can, you can tame your whole body. Guess what? We are speech activated. And so it's not a coincidence that when I spoke life and I spoke that I had a sound mind over myself, regardless of how I felt, regardless of the symptoms, it actually came to pass as I also took uh, faith-filled action, but I was led by the Holy Spirit into this, okay? I didn't just take a principle and implement it, although it is a principle, right? The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to lead you out of this. You have more problems than a math book and you can't solve them all at once. I'm going to lead you out of this. So the Holy Spirit is our helper to lead us in correcting number one, our self-image, number two, our speech, and number three, understanding the revelation that I'm sharing today. So if you can grab hold of what I'm saying, listen to this as many times as you need to, definitely get on our calendars if you have it so that we can come alongside you and make this transformation quick. You don't have to wait another year. You don't have to wait. I'm talking in 90 days, people are unrecognizable. There's a reason why it's called Emerge School of Transformation or Emerge School of Transfiguration. That's what I like to call it. There's a reason for that. And so if you want to join us, you guys, I'm telling you, this is the year. The best is not yet to come. It's now. But it's also time as we come into February, God's been speaking this to me, that we need to mean what we say and say what we mean. So I love you guys. Have a great supernatural week. Clean up your speech. Go ahead and say that prayer. Cancel all those words that you spoke and make a declaration. Make a decision that you're going to change your speech in 2023. And that you're going to begin to prophesy to your destiny, prophesy and speak to things and watch God supernaturally bring them to pass. All right. I love you. God bless you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.